Welcome, dear friends, to episode 10 of the Empty Rooms of Gorski Manor. We hope you are enjoying the manor and the special mysteries shared for those who wish to know. We also hope Feather shared a lovely word just for you at the end of episode 9. This word will be very helpful throughout this year for you. Discovery, magic, understanding, mystery, and joy is there for you as you work with it. Remember, each January 1st, you can call on Feathers or Odin's Ravens, Hugin and Munnen, for a special word for the new year. Unyo! Our journey continues with the exploration of Gorski Manor along with the search for the meaning of the Twelve Rabbit Clock Spell and the deep and old mystery of Harry Gorski. The three of us, Feathers, the White Raven, Simon, the Black Frog, and myself, stood on the bottom step of the spiral staircase. We all stared up above to a distant point that disappeared into shadows. Ready? I asked them with a deep breath. Ah, let's get climbing. This was an easy task for Feathers. She took off with one leap and quickly circled upwards. But the stairs were quite a different task for Simon. Each step required him to crawl up and hop with great exertion. So I picked him up and got him comfy cozy in my backpack so he could enjoy the climb. I grabbed my broom and up we followed Feather's lead. Time seemed to stand still within the manor. I wasn't sure if it was day or night, but I felt full of energy from our task of releasing the lady ghost of so many sorrowful years from these very stairs and our discovery of clock number one for rabbit spell. I snapped a photo of the stairs as evidence of what we had accomplished, the spiral clock. Up and up we went, passing a few bridges attached to the spiral stairs. They seemed to be leading to wooden doors on several floors. Still, we climbed higher and higher. I started to feel that wobble in my thighs and my knees. We were oh so very high. I know my limits on how high I can go comfortably. Feathers soon returned to us and confirmed we were almost to the top. So strange, really, as when I look up, I don't feel we have made much headway at all. But I am so glad to hear that we are almost there. With a few more turns, we arrived at the top. The wooden stairs leveled off into a landing and extended through a very ornately carved archway. 
We walk through it, reveling at the beautiful carvings in the wood, leaves and branches, roots and blossoms, and odd, intricate faces, there but not there, changing and hiding within the carvings. The faces had a childlike impression to them, those that I could catch a glimpse of. All this adorned the archway. And inside, oh my, a huge circle room greeted me. Vaulted ceiling of wooden beams, walls of gray stucco, and tall black sash windows circled the room at equal intervals. A huge fireplace of stone and wood occupied one side, and a large four-poster bed was pushed against the wall on the other. Is this the tower room? I asked Feathers and Simon eagerly. We all walked into the room and to a window to look out. Yes, we were perched high above the manor. We went from one window to the next, and each direction confirmed that we were in the tower. But sadly, the room was only lit by the light of the ancient moon in the night sky. It was casting long, sharp shadows over the floor from each window. I stood for a moment looking at the moon, breathing in her comfort and strength. She is my oldest companion. I placed my hands over my heart and could feel her energy flowing into me. I looked at her beauty and remembered it is she that I have watched and loved through all of my time and lives upon this planet. This thought brought a surge of emotions from my heart and that almost overwhelming catch in my throat that mirrored the swell of tears forming in my eyes. Such a dear friend to all. I could feel the wind began to rattle on the windows, looking and offering to join us if we wish. But the room itself was empty. The light we had seen from below no longer beckoned. The bed looked so inviting. My heart suddenly felt heavy and disappointed in this room. I felt drawn to the bed and the need to sit down for a moment to think. Simon hopped out of my backpack and feathers landed on the bedpost. The bed was so very soft. I was quickly overcome and so very tired. I laid back upon the fluffy pillows and said, Let's just take a little nap. I need to rest my eyes just a few moments. I let out a big yawn as I lay down. Simon came and snuggled in next to me, and we all fell asleep in the blink of an eye. As we slumbered, energies began to stir within these walls. Creaks and scratchings quietly sounded as things began to move within. The latches of each window turned on their own. 
letting the night winds gently enter the room. Tiny lights of amber flashed and flickered from each of the cardinal directions. I found myself in slumberland, that in-between place, not dreamland, but somewhere close. Everything moves as if in slow motion here, this realm being a place that is lower than the energies of my earthly plane. Dreamland calls one upwards. Slumberland calls one down. I sat upon the bed, still in this tower. On each bedpost I was surprised to see my protection dragons. Each guards me during dreaming times. But they were also fast asleep. I was in this realm alone. I sat up and moved off the bed and walked to the room center. I looked back to the bed and there I lay, still sleeping peacefully with Simon and feathers. I looked around the room in that uncomfortable slow motion, amazed by the gentle twinkling of those amber sparkles that drew my attention to each of the four directions. I could feel a gentle wind greet me from each. The wooden ceiling was gone and no longer stood as a barrier between this room and the universe above. I thought how strange. The lower realm of slumberland is sending its focus from this room up to the heavens. I turned to the north and saw Northry, the forever wind and giant guardian dwarf that holds up that corner of the sky. The moon rested high above me, full and round, watching with interest. I felt called to welcome the wind and dwarf of the south, Suthri, the burning wind. And then I turned to the east. Austri, the morning dew wind, and finally west, Vestri, the evening star wind. Within these lovely greetings, a circle was cast. I felt an excitement for the magic flowing from each direction. I turned one more time with her shins, with eyes closed. I waited for the nudge that telling me for which direction to stop. When I opened my eyes, I was facing the great fireplace, holding space in the west. On the mantel, I could see an ancient clock alone, which I had not noticed before. Its shape was more like a star, more like a star than a round face of a common clock. I could see this clock was not common at all, actually impressively uncommon. But as I stared with interest, I could see no movement within its hands. The gentle winds became stronger and stronger. I looked to the dwarves for understanding. But there Black forms dissolved into hundreds of crows and ravens. With 
ear-bursting cries, they all flew towards me, combining with the four winds, spiraling down to me and into my heart, until my essence could no longer resist, and I let myself be lifted up and into the clock. My perspective immediately transformed. The great fireplace burst into a roaring blaze. I looked down through the eyes of the clock, or should I say, through the eyes of me. My attention was drawn to the four-poster bed, for I could see many, many young children sleeping, huddling, hiding upon the bed where my body still rested. I saw that face in the clock It would no longer keep time The eyes watched me as I them I don't really believe I don't want to believe The sun was lost in the night My window covered in black In the glow of windows glass Those eyes reflection I see They looked only at me My cat was so fast asleep She would not waken for me I saw that face smile at me It sent a shiver, sent a shiver, sent a shiver, sent a Monster, monster in my clock Is there something needs my bed? Is it there or in my head? The night was quiet and still The clock began to chime three The night all joined in the song Those eyes beckoned to me Oh now why should this be? corner of my eye Do you live just in my head? Are you fun or are you dread? Oh The wind began to keep time The clock continued to chime The shadows started to dance I joined into the dance The magic of my clock trance Monster, monster in my head Are you truly friend or foe? Which is which time only knows all
as each child awakened, bright upon their little faces, looking and searching for what was scaring them. Some looked under the bed, some looked to the black windows and saw red eyes watching there. Some pulled the covers up to their noses, eyes starting at each creak that found their ears. I could hear their whimpering, little voices calling into the darkness for help. And yet, finally, each set of little eyes settled their frightened attention on the clock who I have become, all looking directly into my eyes. I think they can see me. I could feel a great overwhelm of dread at this locking of our eyes, a strong thread that once attached would never let go. Was I, am I, the monster in the clock? The monster that haunts their innocent dreams? I could see the four dwarves emerge from the solid walls, each holding a golden bone. Upon their faces I could see displeasure at this calling. The amber sparkles grew and combined together quickly into one thread that flowed into the center of the room, each thread connected together, weaving into the soul of this room. Disruption, sadness, confusion, indecision, bewilderment. Each direction formed one of the four strokes of the rune Hagalas. It hung in the air for a brief moment, then abruptly fell down upon the wooden floor with an odd splat where it continued to glow amber and started to spin slowly like a clock. Stopping at each hour, twelve, eleven, ten, burning the Hagala's rune each time into the floor, nine, eight, seven, tick-tock, Hagala's, after Hagala's, six, five, creating a maze of threads, four, that surged and groaned into an intricate web, three, two, one. The most amazing weaving of this room came into life before me, burning deep within the floorboards. I looked to layers of children still huddled upon the bed, my heart breaking for their fears, fears of the unknown, those fears that have been trapped within this soft, comfy four-poster bed for eons of time. My body gave a spasm, as if reacting to these overwhelming emotions. I so want to help them. Who can they all be? I remember many troubled nights as a child, hiding under blankets in fear, 
even though siblings slept in beds next to me and parents just one room over, but no comfort could ever be found from them. I am not a monster in the clock, I shouted out loud. I would never cause this kind of anxiety on anyone. Although I understood, as I still do carry my own fears from such a long time ago, I felt so stuck within this clock, within the web of the Hagalas rune in the center of the room, within the continuous flow of more and more fearful children appearing upon the bed. The dwarves were all looking to me, waiting for me to do something. I tried to connect to my body, laying so unaware on the bed. Wake up, I shouted in my mind. I need all of me to figure out this puzzle. But I did not hear. I looked to the Hagalas sigil upon the floor and watched as it began to spin slowly faster. Its weaving brought feelings of panic and despair. My shoulders ached with the weight of this realization. The threads churned and twisted on the floor like old nightmares of churning fields of freshly turned furrows of dark brown ground that endlessly churned on their own, dragging all that landed upon it into its depths. A constant nightmare I had endured in my seventh year when my hand had been caught in the old washer wringer, my thumb ready to be torn backwards, had not my mother just made it in time to hit the release. I had to get down into the center of this room, but I remained trapped within this clock. Oh, rabbit, what have you gotten me into? So much churning and spiraling within your incomprehensible task. create some movement, but the clock remained still. The Hagalas rune burst forth even brighter. I know it is the key. Its power of disruption and collapse, like the tower card of tarot. A disruptive transformation to get past the pain, the sadness, to become whole once again. I want to become whole again. Oh, transformation of something unpleasant into something pleasant. And then I knew my greatest gift is Godra, 
song and chant. I began to sing. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Mama's gonna buy you a mockingbird. And if that mockingbird won't sing, Mama's gonna buy you a diamond ring. Diamond ring, diamond ring for you. Diamond ring, diamond ring, Mama's gonna buy you a diamond
I watched as the Hagalah sigil slowly unwove itself, its amber lights gently dissolving back into the wooden floor. I took a deep breath, a deep contented breath, and awoke on the bed next to Simon. Blessings and joy. <laughs>